Hello, everyone, and welcome to This is Bill 21, created, recorded, and produced by the Journalist for Human Rights radio team at McGill. This episode welcomes students across faculties and years at McGill to share their opinions and views of the bill. All views expressed are of the students' own, not on behalf of organizations, clubs, or faculties. Welcome to the final episode of This is Bill 21. I'm in the Faculty of Education. I'm a U1 art student in Gender Studies and Poli-Sci. I'm in Nursing. I'm in the Faculty of Arts, hoping to do a double major in Political Science and International Development Studies. I'm Faculty of Arts, um, first year but hoping to go into Philosophy next year. I'm in the Faculty of Engineering, uh, especially in, uh, in the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering. I'm majoring in both Political Science and Psychology. Student voices have always played a crucial role in creating a future that's progressive and forward-thinking. No matter where or when, a quick Google search creates thousands of examples of students using their voices to make change. Regardless of the issue, the importance of taking young people's realities into account can't be denied. Today, we want to show you what can happen when you ask students to speak up and voice their opinions. Um, I am openly against Bill 21. I've always been openly against it. I'm against the um, I am against it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I, I don't like it at all. I very, very strongly disagree with it. Um, I think I'm with most people at, at this school and probably against it. I'm very against it. In June 2019, the CAQ passed Bill 21, or Quebec Secularism Law, with the aim to eradicate religious symbols in public sectors. No matter who you talk to, almost everyone has their own opinion on the bill. Within the sea of viewpoints are students and young people, who are often left out of the conversations around political policies and their implications. When a religious person comes into this country, he knows that he has the freedom to practice his own religion and at the same time be harmonious with the society. So when he does have this strange feeling that he needs to uh, step back and you know curb on his religious practices or, or even the expression of his religion, it kind of pushes him into this inferiority complex of sorts, uh, making him realize that he is not that welcome in Quebec. Basically, I am French from a French background and did French schooling. In France, we have this whole thing where they think that the, the best way to like er, like eliminate all sorts of discrimination is just by hiding and just like not bring them out into the workplace, which I think theoretically makes perfect sense. And I grew, also grew up in the UK where it's the same stance but it's the opposite so everyone can wear all sorts of religious symbols and I just find that it's less problematic uh, than when people have to hide them. The main reason I don't like it is because it it makes it so that a lot of people just can't get a job because of like who what I believe to be like who they are not just how they express themselves but like who they fundamentally are. I think that there's a very important distinction to be made between the imposition of religious beliefs and simply allowing for people to express them. It, it's kind of a little ironical to understand a country which allows immigrants into the country and tell them that you're not supposed to follow or express your religions. I didn't believe that um, that a law like this could actually pass and that people could see the sense in it and like in a sense take away people's liberties because they think that it would affect the public sector in any way as if it affected it before. As you know by this episode, the law is already affecting many people in Quebec. Among those affected are students, both those currently in post-secondary programs and those aiming to go into one. 
Regardless, the current and future effects of Bill 21 can be easily seen and shouldn't be denied. When I was younger, my one of my earliest exposures to religion came in public school. It wasn't a religious school, but my teacher um, told us about his upbringing um, as a Catholic person. Um, I, I had people in my class who practiced other religions, and, and we were able to have a, di a discourse at an early age um, that kind of taught me how to be accepting and, and, and taught me um, how to look at different perspectives. And I, and I fear that with this ban, educators will, um, will, will, will suppress their religion. People, have, people express themselves based on their religions, and so if we have kids growing up with teachers that never express themselves how they truly want to, then kids are not going to feel comfortable with their religions, and I think it just creates this very uncomfortable um, environment for kids, especially, like, I'm, I'm thinking about teachers especially, because exactly. that's, that's, you know, that's my kind of environment I'm in. Um, I think they're quite literally being told that they have to repress parts of their identity in order to occupy certain roles. Um, and I think that's what people don't understand is that religious symbols are part of a person's identity. It's not like choosing to wear a hat or like any other accessory. It is like a part of them um, that they're being asked to sort of repress. All this does is preventing people from pursuing their religious freedom and expressing their religious beliefs. It doesn't actually take any real steps to prevent a religion from becoming dominant. I mean, whether someone wears garb or symbolism of their religion doesn't change their beliefs, it just changes their ability to express them. It only affects really certain religions. Obviously Muslims and more people where it's like they visibly wear things because I'm Christian, so like the most I wear is like a cross necklace. I honestly think um, that people feel less welcome in a sense. Even the idea of it is like, maybe more impactful than actually the like amount of people affected like thinking about that like I don't I don't like supporting the idea that that's allowed and that's okay. Having a teacher who is practices a different religion than you who can teach you their ideals and who can without influencing you who can show you how to cooperate with other religions it's it's very important I think w with this law we'll, we'll lose that. McGill released a statement in June 2019 that said, While the law will not change our policies and practices, we are concerned that it will affect and unnecessarily restrict some of our students' future employment opportunities. Other faculties, like the Faculty of Education, have also released statements condemning the law. Students across faculties and years organized strikes, Facebook groups, information sessions, and rallies, expressing their objections to Bill 21. It's pretty clear that students at McGill are passionate and hungry for change, but the question still stands. Was the statement made by McGill good enough? I do like that they say that their policies aren't going to change, but it's also one of those things, you know, like how we saw with the climate march, like, okay, you can go, but we're not going to do anything about it. I think it's vague, but at least I'm glad that they're addressing the policy and not just ignoring it. McGill is, in a sense, connected to where it's located, which is in Quebec, and its inability or unwillingness to do anything is not only indicative of the institution but also of universities in general. I would like I would like to see more pushback against it, I think, from McGill, which is hard to do cuz it's such a big institution, but you know, personally from my views, I I would I would want more pushback. I feel like they should speak on behalf of students like like they should with the whole divesting in oil companies. Um, 
but they're not. They just kind of gave a very neutral statement, as did most of the like people. I know UFT made a statement too, as if, as in like we don't really care what's on your head, we care more what's in your head. Um, but I feel like their their like their stance wasn't adequate enough. It could take more steps. It could take a more hardline stance. I understand that's a difficult thing to do when you are at sort of the whims of the government as universities sort of are to some degree. Simply condemning something doesn't change it, it doesn't make it better, and it doesn't change anything. A sad reality is that Bill 21 isn't operating in a vacuum. It's standing in the context of years of Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, racism, and xenophobia. But another sad reality is that the university campus isn't immune to this context either. I think that a lot of it is a lot more quiet than we tend to believe or want to believe it is. Uh, when I was with my friend who wears a, a turban, uh, people used to come up to him and say, uh, how, long is your hair, how long is your hair inside that turban? Or, um, or do you have anything stored inside the turban? Which, uh, which might seem like a joke at first, but then for a guy who wears a turban, it might, you know, push him down a little. I've heard of some uh, homophobic comments, some racist jokes, um, you know, like your typical like high school insensitivity that you expect people to, that just isn't justified once you reach the age of 18 and you're going to university and you've had schooling and have been raised by your parents. Mm -hmm. So I've, I haven't seen any myself, but I have heard of a few, like quite a few to the point where it's pretty disturbing. A close friend of mine who is Jewish decided not to go to McGill because uh, her older sister, who was also Jewish, experienced instances of anti-Semitism here. McGill has a terrible reputation of anti-Semitism. Yeah. Uh, it's well known across the world. I, I, I'm personally more exposed and more aware of um, instances that affect the Jewish community, but I, I, I'm sure um, that there are instances that are um, targeting other religious religions. So how do we create a culture of compassion and community? How do we break down barriers and work towards acceptance? Once again, the student suggestions play an essential role in this discussion. I think it's all about fostering a culture of open-mindedness and inclusion, um, respect and diversity, because I think that's what McGill stands for in general. While judgment is a bad thing, when you communicate with each other, they will explain it to you better and this judgment goes away. When there is no judgment, there is peace of mind and there is no fear anymore, which means no Islamophobia or xenophobia. I think that when the university allows certain uh, things to not go unpunished but sort of fly under the radar a little bit and not take a clear public hardline stance on it, it sort of doesn't send the book, doesn't send the message to those minorities that they're in a community which will defend them, which they're safe in. Those kinds of um those kinds of like safe spaces, like where people can express themselves and share um, with also kind of not experts, but like, you know, people obviously trying to um, fight back against uh, oppression in whatever form it takes. McGill is a really great community. It does provide such great avenues for activism and even the fact that we're able to make a podcast about Bill 21 and able to take a stance on social issues is something that's really great 
and shouldn't be taken for granted, but there's more that can always be done. And as great as it is here, there's always things to do. There's always another social issue that needs to be addressed. And I think that McGill needs to learn that taking a sideline approach to the things that are done that are oppressive to the people within its community shouldn't be tolerated. Thank you to all the students who demonstrated the power and importance of student voice. Thank you all for listening to This is Bill 21. This series was recorded and produced at McGill University, located on land which has long served as a site of meeting and exchange amongst Indigenous peoples, including the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabeg nations. McGill and the chapter of Journalists for Human Rights honors, recognizes, and respects these nations as the traditional stewards of lands and waters on which we meet today.